Hey, it's Lisa Carlin from Attacking Third to tell you about the all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe. It's equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend. The Hyundai Santa Fe features available all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, plus available dual wireless charging pads, ensuring that you can take on any adventure. It's ski season, and with the all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe, I can easily load the car with all my gear plus my friends in the third row and make it right to the base of the slopes with all-wheel drive. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Hello and welcome to another episode of Attacking Third, a CBS Sports Soccer Podcast. I'm Sandra Herrera, NWSL lead writer for CBS Sports. Joined today, as always, by my colleague and co-host, Lisa Roman, NWSL analyst and broadcaster. On today's episode, we're coming to you live with the United States Women's National Team recap. U.S. Women's National Team enter into a 0-0 draw with the Korea Republic. And this one, there's some things to get into here despite being a scoreless draw. And we're going to get into that really, really quickly. But before we do, a quick reminder to all of you uh, to go and follow us on Twitter at Attacking Third. You can also head on over to our YouTube page and hit subscribe so that you never miss a new video, an interview, or whenever we go live. Plus, you can catch great extended NWSL highlights over on our YouTube channel. So youtube.com slash Attacking Third. Subscribe so you never miss a thing. Lisa, how are you doing today? I'm good, Sandra. It is fun to have international action, um, a really tight match between South Korea and the U.S., which South Korea, they've always given the U.S. a little bit of trouble, um, but it was it was a fun one to watch. And I'm actually super pumped to jump on here and, and chat about it with you and maybe get some conversation and comments from anyone that's tuning in on YouTube as we're going live with this episode. Um, but Sandra, how are you? How's your night? Initial thoughts on the game? I'm, I'm doing okay. I, you know, I was excited for, for this matchup. I think of the, of the four uh, friendlies that initially got announced by us soccer for this women's national team, like as part of their post Olympic tour. Um, I was really excited for these October friendlies uh, to see them go head to head with South Korea. You know, the last time these two teams faced each other was back in Chicago in 2019. And I was at that game and it was a one, one draw. So I was excited to sort of see this next chapter of these two teams kind of uh, going uh, head to head. So uh, let's, let's get into it. Maybe let's start with these uh, starting lineups for, uh, the United States Women's National Team and sort of get our, our reactions there. For USA, they lined up as followed. They had Adriana French and Nett, uh, Kelly O'Hara, Becky Sovereign, Tierna Davidson, Casey Kruger rounding out the back line, Lindsay Horan, Rose Lavelle, Katerina Macario, Tobin Heath, Alex Morgan, and Megan Rapino to round out their starting 11. Lisa, initial thoughts when you saw this lineup roll out? Did you say, hey, this is this is a, a team that's going to get the job done? Or maybe you wanted to see somebody else slot in. What were you thinking? 
Um, well, the first thing I noticed was no um, Andy Sullivan listed on the roster or as a reserve. And that was something that I, I I forgot about, that she had that minor knee tweak, minor knee injury, because she's been playing so well with the Washington Spirit in the NWSL. Um, so as soon as I, I saw that her name wasn't listed, um, I realized that's that's why, because Black Kwandanovsky is being very conservative with his players with injuries. Um, I, I mean, even Megan Rapino, she was out the last matches in September and we've seen her dominate in uh, in play in the NWSL with OL Reign. Um, so that was the first thing, honestly, that stuck out to me. Um, I'm, I'm not surprised about AD French in goal, especially because she's from Kansas City. She just got traded back from Portland to KC in the NWSL. Uh, back line looked pretty solid. We were curious who was going to slot in at left back out of these matches and it ended up being Casey Kruger who slotted into that position. And I was really happy to see that and really pleased to see Kruger in, in that lineup in the back. What, what stood out to you when we first saw this announcement of the lineups on, on social media? I won't say that I was surprised, but seeing somebody like uh, Megan Rapino make her return to the starting 11 uh, after sort of kind of making her return fairly recently from uh, an injury and getting some some minutes with, with her club team in all rain and then getting tasked with the start um, in this game. Uh, you know, a big reason of why we've seen Megan Rapino pushed higher and, and getting more consecutive starts for the United States women's national team is yes, she was coming off of an epic 2019 world cup, but uh, she has somebody like Crystal Dunn <laughs> behind her to be able to sort of cover any ground that, you know, maybe a player like her who's getting a little bit older might not make as many recovery runs. Right. So having somebody like Crystal Dunn, uh, alongside you is, is kind of it is more than an insurance policy. It's, it's a, it's a sure thing. Um, so to, to see her get the start and then have Casey Kruger alongside the left there as well, kind of, it made sense to me when I saw it. I was like, okay, this 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 makes sense. Also, it's a two-game series, so it's like there's probably going to be some more rotation heading into the second match. And for this first one, this was the roll of dice, and this is how, uh, this is how the numbers uh, ended up shaking out. But I was also really excited to see somebody like Katarina Macario get tagged with a start, you know, coming off of all of her impressive play that she's been, uh, you know, doing with um, – Olympic Lyon over in France, um, racking up goals over there with, in, in her season with them. So I was excited to see this sort of midfield shape and how it was going to look with a Haran, with a Lavelle, and, and mm-hmm. with a Macario. And uh, getting into the a little bit of the match play, you know, for me and you, Lisa, uh, it kind of played out fairly easily. I think really like the opening maybe 15 minutes of this match kind of maybe told us everything that we needed to know almost, like how it was going to to play off. You know, we, we saw the United States – get active really early. We saw a link up with Heath alongside, you know, that, that, that flank. She attacked the wing uh, pretty early, like in the first minute. Um, but then we saw South Korea all of a sudden, like apply a lot of pressure, like counter pressure in, into, uh, into okay. the final third in the United States half. South and Korea. So it's just, uh, it, it was like, okay, it's like we, we're, we're seeing we're, they're going to play <laughs> like that. That was the vibe that I was feeling like probably within the, the opening 15 minutes of this one. How about you? I, I loved that vibe. Yeah. That's exactly what I got to that. South Korea was not um, 
afraid by any means to attack, to press, to counterpress the United States, which, uh, frankly, that's that's what we saw in September when the United States played against Paraguay. That that team was a little timid. They they knew they were going up a big beast in the United States, and South Korea thought. Uh, no, we are big and we are a beast and we can handle this U.S. team. And that's exactly what they showed. Their counterpress was incredibly productive. Um, every time Kelly O'Hara got the ball on the right flank in the first half of this game, their two defensive midfielders players, um, I, I believe it was Cho and G, they stepped forward on O'Hara and they doubled her, forcing her to play back every single time. I think the U.S. handled the high press pretty well. Um, They did a nice job of being patient and and working out of it. But the first 15 minutes was when we saw the U.S. have to play out of the back and they had to keep moving and keep passing and keep possession of the ball because they didn't have an easy buildup by any means to get the ball into their attacking end. And we did see a lot of those long diagonal balls that found Heath on the right flank and even ended up finding Rapino a little bit on the wide areas. Um, And then once the the United States got the ball into their attacking end, I mean, I I think the trio up front of Rapino, Alex Morgan and Tobin Heath um, can sound a bit, like it's going to have a lot of star power and it's going to have a lot of attacking presence and movement. And we saw that, but it took some time towards the end of the first half. We really saw those players connecting passes and that's when he started whipping balls in, which looked really good. Um, But I think the midfield unit in the first half did such a nice job. I mean, when you have players like Kat Macario and Rose Lavelle that get on the ball and you never know if they're going to dribble 30 yards at the fastest that you've ever seen, or if they're going to dish the ball off, play a beautiful ball on a rope to a teammate in behind. Um, that's what was really fun to watch the midfield unit. And even though Haran held back a lot and played more defensively, which is what she needed to do. Um, I, I thought that that buildup was really good, but I was super impressed with South Korea's high press and counter press. Yeah, I, I'm I'm in agreement on that. I mean, they also got a chance to to mix things up really, really early. I think it was in the ninth or tenth minute. Um, you know, Turner Davidson and Casey Kruger kind of having to to link up there and and provide a couple of block shots and a little bit of a uh, of a clearance and and then seeing Haran come come the other way, uh, maybe just like four or five minutes later. And again, we're talking about that attacking line for the U.S. and Heath kind of whipping a ball in and it falling to Haran and her taking this really great shot from distance, but going off the post. Right. So it was a very entertaining, uh, kind of like back and forth. Well, for, for me anyways, others will have opinions, but for me anyway, I thought it was a pretty entertaining, uh, first half. And as we started to see things kind of push a little bit more into the half hour mark, just past the half hour mark, we started to see the same thing, even though that attack was still getting looks, you know, in, in, in South Korea's final third, Walker was they, they had a game plan and they were executing it and it was really it's, I I always think that's a real treat to see whenever we see teams they they come into these matches and they go mm-hmm. going up against the top ranked team in the world and they're like this is the game plan let's stick to it and let's execute and I I love to see that I love to see what the opposition is presenting because for us as as the content you know creators in the media people in this space uh, we want to see how this United States team counteracts that or breaks it down or doesn't break it down, et cetera. Like it's a joy for us to be able to kind of talk about it, even though it is uh, a scoreless draw, right? It's a, it's a, we're talking about it in a much different way than we would, you know, a nine zero blowout against uh, Thailand. So um, 
Also, just like not surprising when you, you sort of narrow it down to some of those individual performances. You know, Soyeon G, the captain of the South Korean team, just relatively well-known player for the most part. If you're if you pay attention to women's soccer, you know, playing for Chelsea for such a long time and now doing great things with another really great team in Europe and Bayern Munich. Uh, you know, so it's just we saw that player in particular really kind of be able to t- captain the team this night. So just really kind of set the tone a little bit uh for things that we just saw all, all over the pitch. And these two teams, you know, they went into to halftime and a scoreless draw, even even though you know United States was still kind of pushing for one. I think Morgan, Alex Morgan, maybe got the better of the chance to close out the half, but um, it was it was scoreless at, at the halftime. So I think if you're the opposition, right, going against top ranked team in the world, and you head into a locker room, you know, in the United States on on their turf, you know, in a scoreless match, you've got to be feeling kind of good about yourself a little bit, saying like pretty proud of yourselves to you know have the game plan that you have and then go ahead and execute it well and then still have a shot in the second half to perhaps you know get on the scoreboard and and, and pull ahead so uh what were your feelings uh, around halftime lisa i wasn't so surprised that it was zero zero heading into heading into the halftime uh, minutes and in the second 45 just because of how well south korea has historically played against the United States and looking at the lineups and and player injuries for the U.S., I think that plays a role into it. Um, But at the half, I was impressed with so far what South Korea had done. And now at the half, I wanted to see how they could turn all of their defensive energy that they had, clean up the mistakes that were happening at the top of the box because South Korea got really, really lucky. They had a few giveaways that, um, should have frankly been finished by Alex Morgan, I think had one or two. Um, there was a, another option that Yoon, uh, goalkeeper for South Korea, just fantastic, fantastic game. I think the second half, she had a lot more pressure on her, but the defense for South Korea definitely needed to be cleaned up at, at the halftime, which is what they did. They had less giveaways, but the second half was a whole different beast for the United States. We saw substitutes coming in and things like that. Um, but at the halftime, I I wanted to know what Vlako Andonofsky was going to change and how he was going to change to get something on the board. Because you think when you start a game, you're starting with your best 11. You'll want to get on the board first that are going to put the team across the lines from them under a goal to, to do something to get the juices flowing first. And that didn't happen on the scoreboard for the United States. So then at halftime, how does Vlako Andonofsky change his lineup without changing too much? Because it was still scoreless for, they still had a clean sheet against South Korea. Um, and we did see substitutes at the half. Mallory Pugh coming in, Christy Mewis coming in, Sophie Smith Smith coming in um, up top. So Mal and Smith alongside Morgan, Alex Morgan, that was a pretty fun trio to watch at the start of the second half. And then Christy Mewis slotting in for Kat Macario, which I I thought was an interesting substitute because Kat Macario was one of the players that was really the biggest playmaker in the middle of the field. And that's so hard because Rose Lavelle is also such a big playmaker. Um, But those those substitutes at the half, they definitely they said something that Black Wandanovsky wanted speed up top for sure with Pew and Smith sliding in alongside Morgan. Um, when you saw those three subs, what what was your initial reaction at the half? I mean, and no oh, Carly man. Lloyd coming in at the 45 minute mark. Um, run, run at him. That was my reaction. I mean, 
Chrissy Mewis can can bully a midfield. Let's just let's just be real. She could do that. And uh, you have somebody like Mallory Pugh and Sophia Smith coming on. It's kind of like okay. Let, it's like that's the vibe that I got right away, and it was right at at the second half. So it was it was right for when second half was ready to to kick off, which is which is part of Andonovsky's mo. You know, he's not he's not shying away from that when it comes to making multiple changes um, and going through player rotations throughout these matches when they are going against whatever opposition, whether it is, whether it's a very, very low ranked team, a mid ranked team or a high ranked team. Um, so I wasn't too shocked to see that there was going to be like a multiplayer substitution to start the half, but I did like that. It was very attacking minded. And I think we saw, a little bit of the difference right away. I mean, these are these are young players. You know, these are what people are referring to as the under twenty fivers. You know, because there there's a huge <laughs> the age gap on the team is 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 pretty wide. You have players that are in their thirties and <laughs> over thirties, and you've got ones that are twenty five and under. So uh, having Malpiu, having uh, Sophia Smith, you know, these players that who got called into these post Olympic training camps. Uh, because of their impressive club play and seeing them get extended minutes within these exhibition games has been, I think a silver lining, you know, with, within all of, all of the matches, you know, so we're, we're coming off of two games that were pretty much blowouts with Paraguay. And then now this scoreless draw against South Korea, and maybe there's still some of that discourse where it's like, what is the team doing or what are they looking like or what can you point at? And it really is for these matches for me when I'm looking at them, when I've noticed when I'm coming away from them, I really am looking at a lot of those individual performances. So we saw a lot of movement from Mal Pugh, from from Sophia Smith. I mean, the first touch that we saw from some of these, the, these players, these young players in particular, were so, so promising. And you're just thinking – my gosh, they're just really getting started um, in, in this stage of their, of their career. So it, we started to see things get stretched out a little bit. Um, Carly Lloyd coming on into the match, I think right around the hour mark was, was perhaps a bit of a planned substitution. Right. <laughs> um, but I think it was good, good timing. You know, I mean, at this point you've got these players who are chasing after the game, trying to create and then bringing on a veteran like Lloyd to maybe try to, to target. Right. But we saw maybe a little bit of the disconnect. There was at one point where Pew, you know, delivered a ball to Lloyd who looked like she wanted to receive this ball yet didn't get there in time. So it's just kind of like, you know, it was just kind of one of those, yeah. uh, one of those games. There's going to be some, some disjointedness, I think with, with current, you know, regular season play going on and, just sort of hopping in and out of these international windows and, you know, and in light of everything else going on off the pitch as well with, with, with everything that's been uh, in the news and uh, within the news cycle. So that, that all, that also weighs on things as well. So um, it, it was, it, you saw the shift though, you saw the shift yeah. and you saw the change in, in the second half for sure. I think it was pretty, it was pretty noticeable. It, it was um, very noticeable that the attack and the presence and, and maybe it has to do a little bit also with those players wanting to prove that they deserve the start as well. I mean, you look at a player like Sophia Smith has just been fantastic for the Portland Thorns in in club play and Mallory Pugh as well. But they both got a chance in September against Paraguay. But now this is t- 
tougher competition against South Korea. And these players want to start the next match. They want to be invited in January and be be the veterans in that club at the January camp for Vlako Andonovsky and be the ones that he turns to and says, these are the players that can score goals. And they want to be the next Alex Morgans and Carly Lloyds that, that are moving into those spots. And I think that that hunger in those young players in Pew and Smith really shows they they provided everything stepping into that second half. And I think even Casey Kruger got higher up the field at the start of the second half before she got subbed out. And that provides a lot of different looks when you can have your outside backs all the way on the, the attacking end lines, whipping crosses in. Um, I honestly really loved Smith and Pew up top uh, with Mewis in behind. It was a little hectic and a little frantic. I don't think I'm going to be honest. I don't think Christy Mewis had her best game. She, she didn't, it was uh fumbled over the ball. She tripped a few times, just, she looked a little frantic on the ball, not as calm and composed. And she's another player that's trying to prove her herself to get more minutes under black Wendonofsky and to stay on this roster. She's 30 years old. She's, she's, not old by any means, but when you look at the age of this roster and players who have come and gone, Mewis is another one that um, has come and gone, but she, she not, not her best match tonight. Maybe she'll get it back next week, but I, I, the other substitutes and Pew and Smith, just fantastic from what I saw. Yeah. And I think again, it's maybe it's a combination of everything. And that also includes the, the combination of, um, Again, South Korea just just being a good team and having a good game plan and their coaching staff presenting that to their players and their players executing that, you know. So I I do. I I have reflected and thought a little bit back into those to those games in 2019 because it was it was a similar vibe. It was a similar like two game series against this uh, against this team and they were not big blowouts by any means. It was a 2-0 uh, match on on one game and then the the match that took uh, place a few days later was the the 1-1 draw. So um, you know, I know when I did my my preview of this match for for CBS Sports, I did I did have the United States coming out of this one with a win, and I did choose a, a two goal scoreline. Uh, and I wouldn't have been surprised if there would have been a draw, but I thought maybe it would have come in the in the second match, like kind of echoing what happened in 2019. But perhaps it's going to be a little bit uh, reverse uh, this year because there's something about this United States women's national team, uh, Lisa, that which we know about, we've covered that we cover them on this podcast. We uh, you know saw their journey through the Olympics and we talked a lot about them and we've had uh, past former current players on huh, talking about it, that that's what this team does. They, they take these games and they go over the film and they try to improve and build on the next one. So let's maybe talk a little bit about what comes out of this game to, to sort of wrap things up here and kind of, kind of close things out. They get, they get this, this scoreless draw, right? And they've got another game coming up against uh, the same team in St. Paul, Minnesota. And this one, again, I think might also have a little bit of, of rotation in this one because uh, this next match that's coming up is going to be billed as Carly Lloyd's final game with the United States women's national team will be her final game uh, as she retires uh, from playing professional soccer. Uh, so she'll wrap that up uh, with her NWSL side, New Jersey, New York, Gotham FC uh, with season, uh, club play there. Uh, but for United States women's national team, this, this is it. So uh, maybe a player like that is, is looking at some of the opportunities missed right in, in this game. And we'll probably try to turn it on uh, in the next game. I, I won't be surprised if maybe we see uh, some additional rotation for the starting 11. Uh, we, a player we actually didn't touch on, 
a little bit in this one is, is Emily Fox. Mm -hmm. She's a player that ended up getting minutes that in our initial preview of this game, uh, of this game, we, we thought would see some time on the pitch and yeah. Vlako Andonovsky in his media availabilities referred to her specifically saying that this was a player who was going to get, get time on this pitch. So I don't know if she's going to get tasked, uh, tagged with a start uh, for this next game, but she, she was another player again, who came on and, and you sort of saw uh, the difference in the attack there. So um, I'm looking to see what, what adjustments are going to be made coming out of this, of this game. How about you, Lisa? I agree. Um, yeah, we didn't touch too much on Emily Fox. I mean, we can do it now a little bit for sure. She did come in. Um, I, not, not too bad for her. I mean, getting on, she subbed on for Casey Kruger. I think we expected to see her by any means. And I actually, the one thing I really loved watching Emily Fox is she did the same thing that she did in college and the same thing that she did she does at racing Louisville. She did with the United States women's national team. She was the left back. And at one point she was standing next to Sophia Smith in the right forward position. And that's what Emily Fox, she just roams out of her natural field position and tries to get the ball in the attack. I think that it was a little um, unusual. We haven't seen that from us team, especially when they're not being uh, the lone attacking team in a game when South Korea did have those moments where they broke three broke through and had transitioned down the field. Um, but I, I don't think Fox will get the start next match. Um, and of course, Carly Lloyd, this is, this is it for her, her this next match. Um, it's huge for her. I, I imagine she'll start and, and probably not play 90. Um, I think it depends how the game goes. I, I'm sure as a player, she'd love to play 90, but something about walking off the field and, and the hoopla that goes with that could be pretty exciting. But I imagine that Carly Lloyd will get the start. I, I like the midfield when we look at that. Um, Haran will definitely be in the six. Um, I liked Kat Macario in there a, a lot. I, I would love to see her alongside Christy Mewis, um, see if they provide something a little different because I think Rose Lavelle and Christy have a similar style to them, whereas it's get the ball, go forward, fast, run, move, whereas Kat has the ability to hold up play. Macario has the ability to hold it up get, and get her head up, play long balls out of the back um, and use Christy Mewis as a player running through the, the opponent's back line and getting into the attack. Um, but the United States, I think right now their mindset is back to their winning ways because South Korea, they snapped the 22 game home winning streak for the United States tonight. Um, it, they ended that and that that's a very long streak. They also st snapped the United States 60, 60 game scoring streak on home soil. Um, so if I'm those players and I'm Blacko Andonovsky, I'm saying, okay, let's get back to doing what we do. Let's get on the board. Let's score, um, start there, and then try to win this match. But those are the biggest things looking ahead. And, and you can't always look at records and, and streaks and things like that. Um, but that's that's got to hurt. Those are big records to break 60 games scoring a goal at home and now to be shut out. But also hold a shutout. A.D. French, great job by her. I mean, one big save on the night, but eight saves for the South Korean goalkeeper, uh, Yoon. So she had a fantastic match, but get on the board the next time. I think that's going to be their biggest goal that they circle on the whiteboard. Yeah. Those, those are big records, man, you know, and, and they're long streaks, but you know what else they are? They're, they're motivators, you know, that, that type of stuff that you keep track of them and, and that type of yeah. stuff eventually that gets broken or it gets snapped. Right. And that, and, and part of that happened uh, tonight in the, in this match. And, 
while this team is sort of looking ahead to the next one, that's probably what they're going to use, right, as a little bit of of, of, of motivation uh, to sort of improve and build um, on to the next one. Uh, but, but I'm with you for sure in, in seeing uh, the shift in things and the energy from certain players who came on uh, onto the pitch. So maybe maybe they will get tested with the start based on these performances tonight. Who knows if we'll see Pew or Smith or even Fox um, uh, get, a, uh, get a start and maybe go for a full 45 or a full 60. And um, it'll be exciting. We'll see. And, I, and I'm with you, too, with the last game of, for, for Lloyd. We, history says that we'll probably see something like that um, for a player of, of that with that big of a legacy. Uh, Carly Lloyd could po- probably get tasked with a start and then in a planned substitution come on off. Um, there's always that moment to allow and pay homage uh, to the to that player and, and we've seen that happen before in the past whether it's been with somebody like a, an Abby Wambach or a mm-hmm. Shannon Vox or or a Rampone and the list goes on and on a Lauren Holiday as well so it's just there's always like that moment that comes in into play and um, I'm sure fans who head on out to to Minnesota and taking the game, we'll, we'll, we'll probably see that. There's already been a, bit, a little bit of, uh, I'm sure, discussion or engagement around it. Carly Lloyd putting on her Instagram a little bit of a, a little bit of a homage to to Lindsay Horan. There already has been discussions about the number ten and who that's going to be passed on to. And and Carly Lloyd put that on her Instagram and said that that's going to be passed down to to Lindsay Horan. So I'm sh- I'm sure there's yeah. already been some some discussions and and stuff into that. And uh, we'll we'll see. We'll be here to cover it all, and we'll make sure that everybody um, is informed uh, and up to date uh, on everything. I want to thank everybody for joining us tonight and listening. Quick reminder, again, you can follow us on Twitter at Attacking Third. We're on Apple Pod, uh, Podcast, Spotify, Stitcher, and anywhere you listen to your podcast show. Uh, if you leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts with a question, Lisa and I will answer as uh, part of our mailbag segment. So head on over there, leave us a question, and we'll answer it. We're also available as video, so subscribe to us on YouTube. Visit youtube.com slash attacking third so you don't miss a single thing. Like when we go live, which we will do again for the United States women's second game against South Korea on Tuesday, October the 26th. And uh, stay tuned for an NWSL preview from us as well because there is actual National Women's Soccer League action taking place this week as well. So we'll do recaps and previews and keep you all up to date. Thanks for hanging out and this Thursday post game with us for Sergio Herrera and Lisa Roman. This was the second. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.